0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, May 5th. Several Alberta mayors are calling for EMS dispatch to be returned to the local level. We discuss the issue with Mayor Jyoti Gondek and hear why she believes centralized dispatch is not a good fit for the city of Calgary. On the heels of another mass shooting in the U.S., the 192nd since the beginning of the year, we head south of the border to discuss the epidemic of gun violence with Reggie Cicchini, Global News Washington Bureau correspondent. How do you know when you're in distress and in need of mental health support? In recognition of Mental Health Week, we take a look at the resources available to help us deal with mental health issues with social worker and mental health advocate Karen Gallagher-Burt. And the mayors of Calgary, Red Deer, Lethbridge and Wood Buffalo
1: spoke out in favor of returning EMS dispatch to the local level. Joining us to talk about this and all the latest news from City Hall is Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Oh, well, first off, Andy and I both wanted to mention to you a great Edward Scissorhands costume for Calgary Expo this year, leading off the Parade of Wonders. That was fantastic. Well, thank you. I hope the surprise was worth it. It was. We
0: were mad that you didn't tell us about it. Oh, but. <laughs> one More quick thing, how long did it take the yeah. makeup? It was insane. It I was thought really Johnny dumb. Depp was at the parade. <laughs> um, how long did it take to get that thing together and who conceived the idea?
2: You know what? Um, I conceived the idea of Edward Scissor Hands because I've done this for my kid in the past. But the makeup artist Leanne from Luster Dust was amazing. Yes. It took about 90 minutes to do it all. Wow, it was killer!
0: It was fantastic. Thank Very you. It was all right. Uh, let's get down to it and talk about the uh, you know. The situation when it comes to a lot of these rural areas coming together, as Sue alluded to, talking about the centralization of dispatch, where are we with that now, and what have you heard?
2: Well, we haven't heard that it's coming back uh, to our municipalities and that's why we issued a statement saying that we haven't seen any positive results from taking dispatch um, for EMS out of our municipalities and we are respectfully requesting that the province reconsider their decision. We had a perfectly good system that was integrated. It worked well. It was recognized globally and dismantling it has not served residents. Uh, We are putting people's health and safety at risk. So what have we experienced? Did did, um, response times go up? by this change there's been a change in response times there has been uh confusion with addresses there's been lack of connectivity uh, between their dispatch centers and ours so it's really just uh, it's not working at all and when i listen to mayors from red deer lethbridge and wood buffalo talk about their experiences um, it's absolutely important that i'm standing with them on this one and uh, requesting that it come back to central dispatch so if it wasn't a problem why did this happen I have no idea, when it was not a problem, why they would take that component of emergency response out of a perfectly well-integrated dispatch system. It makes no sense, it continues to make no sense, and it is jeopardizing people's health and safety.
0: So you, you have no idea why? Who ultimately would have made this decision to begin with? The
2: provincial government made the decision. We uh, debated them at the time. We were very, very vocal about this back when they decided it was a good idea. And we continue to be vocal that this was a terrible idea.
1: Well, it, it'd be interesting. So w- sort of where do you leave that now with uh, with the mayors all speaking up? You know, do you, do you just wait for a response?
2: Are you expecting one or you think it'll just be, you know, a moot point? I can't imagine that we're going to get any kind of a response during um, an election right now. So after the 29th of May, when we know who will be forming government, we will again be actively advocating to have EMS back into a proper centralized dispatch system. But you know, we can't sit quietly and not speak up on behalf of our residents so that's what we are doing united as four municipalities and we'll continue to push for the right thing and we are representing our um, first responders who are saying this is not working for everyone
0: affordability uh, madam mayor obviously top of mind for all calgarians it affects us all in in one way shape or form but housing affordability very much in the crosshairs of city council and when it comes to the task force and recommendations what can you tell us uh, you know ahead for the city to tackle the issue
2: Yeah, there was an announcement yesterday uh, talking about the recommendations coming forward from the Housing and Affordability Task Force that is comprised of experts in the field of affordable housing as well as members of city administration. And some of the really encouraging news is they are uh, pushing and advocating for the city to be serious and build at least 3,000 homes for people in need each year for a five-year period. They have identified that the land that the city owns should be better utilized for these types of purposes, that we shouldn't be hanging on to it for future uses that are not as dire as the housing crisis right now and to put it into perspective for you last year between uh, April of last year and April of this year we saw 33,000 new Calgarians move to our city that's about 90 people a day and we are going to have to be serious about how much housing we are constructing and availability and access to this housing if we're going to continue to be a competitive market for talent. Mayor,
1: on another topic, at first glance, a $600,000 price tag for washroom attendance seems high until you dig into the program, and I like this idea a lot. Seems
2: like a really smart, multi prong approach the city has come up with. Absolutely, and we couldn't do it without our amazing partners at AWARE. Uh, these are folks that um, call themselves peer navigators. So these are folks that have been through the lived experience of being in a position of vulnerability. They understand how to work with individuals that um, might be in a crisis situation, find them the supports that they need, and ensure that the washrooms are actually accessible to anyone who needs them and that we are safe in those public spaces. And we are doing this project in... Uh, olympic plaza and century gardens and depending on the success of it we could expand it outward
0: incredible yes and i I think that it is much more than an attendant as you know the the name might allude to i want to ask you this because it was started as a pilot project now in full swing and we've had the weather for it for the past several days including today with the high of 25 the expansion of the patios for for local businesses what are you hearing as it was a greenlit to be continued this year what are you hearing from local pubs restaurants and cafes
2: Oh my goodness, I was out and about the last couple of days and those patios are full. Um, It is really good for business and it is really good for Calgarians. It creates that sense of community and, uh, you know, active street front. And I do believe that restaurant and bar owners are pretty happy about having more space to have guests come and enjoy a cold beverage and a meal. Uh, We have a big cleanup weekend planned for the City of Calgary this weekend. Do we not, Mayor? We do indeed. This is is going to be, I think people can still sign up, can't they? I believe they can, uh, and you know what, generally when it comes to cleanups, if you show up, uh, we will gladly take your help, um, but this is a really good way to clean up our city and make sure that everything looks beautiful as we enter into summer, so I would encourage people to go to calgary.ca and look for how you can be involved in cleanup projects throughout the city. And you know, even if you don't sign up with the city, just go clean up your own hood, right? I mean, why not?
1: Just go make this the day or the weekend that you just go out and, you know, there's stuff that's been blown around through the winter.
2: You can- take your own initiative i have seen so many people doing that and i have to give a big shout out to um you know sherwood park as a community they did a big cleanup last weekend and so i would encourage anyone that's got you know a couple of free minutes and a trash bag get out there and do a little bit of cleanup in your own community like you said sue
0: all right uh, we'll leave it there for time but have a great weekend madam mayor maybe we'll see you out on one of those patios
2: Thank you. I'm just going to raise everyone's awareness, too, that today is the Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirited Peoples. There is an event at Field of Crosses at 5 o'clock. It's important for all of us to recognize
0: this. All right. Thank you so much. That thank is you. Calgary Mayor. Jyoti Gondek.
1: And speaking of May 5th, we always mark Red Dress Day and the National Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls and Two-Spirited People. Uh, Flags will be lowered at administrative sites to mark the day. It's an important one right across our country and uh, wear a red dress or just take note of the fact that some people are wearing red dresses to bring attention to this really, really important day.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, again, when we represent with these colors, with an article of clothing for example we think well what difference can you make well the difference is in the conversation the difference is in letting the memory of those people who have been impacted first of all continue and the education for those who might not know anything about it conversation starter red dress day not too late it's only 8 15 in the morning exactly. grab some red and throw it on yep. for sure atlanta was on edge this week after a manhunt following a shooting at a medical practice With details on this and the latest news south of the border, we turn to Global News Washington correspondent Reggie Cicchini. Good morning to you, Reggie. Good morning. And I don't want to make light of it in any way, shape or form, Reggie, but it seems like another week and details of another grim shooting, mass shooting down in the U.S. What are the details surrounding this latest shooting?
3: Yeah, not only another week, another mass shooting, but realistically in this country another day, another mass shooting. This was, I believe, the 192nd mass shooting since January 1st, and there have been several more mass shootings in this country since this incident took place in uh, in Midtown Atlanta earlier this week. What we understand, it was a uh, former military member, a member of the Coast Guard, 24-year-old man uh, who had reportedly gone into this medical facility. He was joined by his mother. He apparently Allegedly became aggravated, frustrated during this medical appointment that he was attending, uh, and ultimately uh, allegedly unleashed uh, uh, his weapon and and shot and killed uh, one person, shot and killed four other people. The victims were all women. It led to an eight-hour standoff in Atlanta, and there are growing questions now to the weapon, to the person's mental uh, health, um, and whether that may have played a factor into this. Georgia, I believe. Is a state that doesn't have red flag laws, which would prevent someone from obtaining a weapon. So obviously, this is part of a much broader conversation going on around the country. Again, linked to gun laws.
1: Again, but it won't be much about the gun this time. I'm assuming it'll be about mental health support for U.S. veterans. Will turn out to be the the main issue
3: that is bringing being brought to the forefront. Do you think? Of course, it will be. This will be an ongoing conversation. And look, uh, the issue around uh, former members of the military being involved in these kinds of incidents. This has happened before this has sparked the conversation it increases the call for more funding for veterans affairs that obviously gets tied up into red tape and then that obviously gets tied up into conversations that involve the gun lobby in this country so it becomes circular and it leaves the country to simply just wait to see not when this is going to happen or not if the- when this is going to happen but when this is going to happen again
0: news uh, coming out of Russia about a drone attack in, in Moscow particularly on the Kremlin It has been believed and and rumored to be an assassination attempt at President Putin. And, of course, the Russians are pinning it on the U.S. What is the latest there and uh, what are uh, officials saying in the U.S.?
3: Well, pinning it on the United States after having originally pinned it on Kyiv yesterday, uh, the Kremlin came out to say well, look, Kyiv may have done this, but it was at the direction of the White House, and the White House came out yesterday, the National Security Advisor, uh, National Security Council Coordinator, uh, John Kirby, saying look, this is nothing but lies coming from the Kremlin. It is always simply just lies. This attack that took place over the Kremlin, uh, it's still under investigation. No one is quite sure where this drone may have come from. Did it come from uh, across the border? Was initiated from somewhere inside the border in Russia and potentially used as some kind of false flag operation or a pretext to uh, to open up some kind of new horror uh, in Ukraine. This is something, obviously, that the United States and most of Europe is paying close attention to uh, because we are quickly awaiting what is expected to be a spring offensive uh, from both the Russian side and the Ukrainian side, but this also comes on new news this morning, guys, that uh, the Wagner Group, one of the mercenaries that's kind of operating in this war alongside russia may pull out of besieged bakhmut because they say that they have run out of ammunition ukrainian officials are backing that up so this could potentially be a blow for uh, the russian side as they try to claim themselves as new victims here
0: can we talk a little bit further about the wagner group in in the sense that i thought this was like a global uh, mercenary group that could be hired by anybody but it originated in russia didn't it
3: it did originate, uh, in Russia, and the Wagner Group has kind of tried to take in, uh, people from former, uh, Soviet states to, you know, bulk up its, uh, its kind of force. Uh, and it is worth noting that the Wagner Group has, you know, got factions and associates that work elsewhere around the country. In fact, that they were also involved, uh, in Sudan as well. Uh, but this is a group that has been assisting Russia, but is now, uh, verbally and in a, in a very graphic video put out recently, uh, has, has kind of kind of put out a a very kind of pushback against Russia, saying that Russia is no longer uh, able to help them. So we need to, you know, wait to see whether or not this is going to lead to some kind of sever or whether the Wagner Group may kind of go rogue even more so than they actually are.
1: Reggie, um, Title 42 came into effect during the pandemic. It's now set to expire. What does that mean for immigration in the U.S.?
3: So this is uh, this is a big step that is coming for this country. We have Title 42, which ends next Thursday. That is coming on the same day that all federal COVID mandates are set to uh, come to an official end uh, from coast to coast. That's also going to allow for unvaccinated travelers, including Canadians, to be able to enter the United States via the land border and the airports. But at the southern border, this is going to potentially pose uh, a, a crisis for the administration because Title 42 has barred anyone coming in through Mexico. Mexico from being able to seek asylum. More than two and a half million people have been denied entry. And since uh, or with Title 42 coming to an end, there is a real fear here that somewhere between 10 and 30,000 people per day for maybe 90, maybe 100 days, could start to flood into the United States and overwhelm these border cities uh, throughout Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. The administration is putting 1,500 active-duty military members along the border to kind of work in a supplemental or administration role to assist the National Guard, because the U.S. military can't actively do things on domestic soil. Uh, But there is a real growing call here for uh, the Department of Homeland Security to do more, to unleash more funding, because Because it really is unclear how this is going to have an impact, not just on these border states as thousands and thousands of people come across, but what this could mean for states further north and how this may ultimately impact the Canadian border.
0: Every week I can learn something, uh, Reggie. I I count that as a positive. I learned the term seditious conspiracy uh, Mm. because that term has been thrown around. And uh, tell us about that and the connection to the Proud Boys. And it's it's, it's interesting to me because this is like over two years ago from January 6th proud boys uh, being uh, guilt found guilty of seditious
3: conspiracy A seditious conspiracy also uh, linking itself back to the civil war it is a very rare charge to be laid essentially having to do uh, with an attempt to overthrow the government uh, it is different than treason but kind of falls within the same umbrella realm here and now we have four members of the proud boys including uh, its you know former leader uh, essentially facing this charge. They were found guilty on it after uh, weeks of uh, of trial and seven days of deliberation. Each of these people now faces upwards of 20 years uh, in jail. This could potentially be seen as a stepping stone to get two people higher up. The U.S. Justice Department uh, has come out to say that this investigation is ongoing and the special counsel is still investigating whether or not the former president had any kind of role in what took place on January 6th. These seditious concerns conspiracy uh, guilty verdicts go along with the several other seditious conspiracy guilty verdicts that were handed down to uh, members of the oath keepers earlier this year so again this is a big step for the government this could potentially lead to more charges in the future and it and it also gets the the Department of Justice and the US government closer to people who may be you know closer to the former president to you know ultimately get to the end of this and seek some accountability for what took place on January 6th.
1: Reggie, thanks so much for breaking it all down for us. Always appreciate your time. Thank you. Reggie Cicchini, Global News, Washington Bureau correspondent. How do you know when you're in distress and maybe needing some help? Mental Health Week continues. Joining us once again this morning, social worker and mental health advocate Karen Gallagher-Burt. Back with us to talk about where we can get some help. Hi, Karen. Good morning. So if I feel like I am in distress, I realize now there's something I need
4: help with. What's my first thing to do? Well, I guess it goes two ways. Are you looking for resources right away or are you just looking for a place to talk? I need help. I need to talk. If you need if you want to talk, call the crisis lines to Distress Centre. And folks often say, "I don't think I have something that's a crisis." And and they sort of I think Canadians as a whole, we sort of minimize what's going on. And so they tend to say, "Well, I'm not in crisis. Someone needs this more." It's a place and a safe space to chat and to talk to someone who's informed with experience, and they can sort of support you. And then guide you a little bit of what you might need, and if they're not, you know, able to give you the right resources, warm transfer to two one one, and they're gonna give you what you're looking for. The geolocation part of that to me is fantastic because we consider when where folks live, what's around them, um, how can we get them somewhere that requires minimal transportation. So that's a critical part of it.
0: Okay, wow, and yeah, it is incredible. And when you talk about you know, is twenty four hours, twenty four hours. What, what I love about that is unfortunately. A mental health issue doesn't keep business hours. Mm -hmm. So often it could be 2 in the morning.
4: It usually is. We're we're busier after hours. Mm -hmm. We're busier from about 5 o'clock until 2 in the morning. You're not sleeping,
1: you're stressed out, you're anxious, everything starts to become overwhelming, it's the middle of the night, what do you do?
4: Or you have a partner with you who's asleep finally and you can talk to someone because it's about them Mm -hmm. or it's about your kids or there's things like that where you can seek support. Or you are a kid sitting up because you're up all night. Oh yeah, the youth will often be the texting in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. or first thing in the morning. I I mentioned that earlier about during the pandemic, how
0: kids were texting first thing in the morning. The te- the text support and the live chat, yeah. you know, these are accessible. But what about, and at what point uh, do I lose my anonymity if I'm calling in, or, or do I have that option to say, okay, I want to call in, but I don't want somebody to know who I am?
4: You don't ever have to tell us who you are. Um, probably the only place we really ask is two one one because on that one there, we're looking to see if the referrals we give you match. But again, you don't have to give your information if you don't want to. Um, we never ask for that. If we have someone who calls in whom we do a risk assessment on and we deem is either imminently suicidal or they've already taken medication or something and they're in the process of killing themselves, Um, or if we get someone who calls in who's under the age of 18 where there's risk Mm. or they're impaired, then we have to seek support from 911 those folks so there's th- cases where we honestly have to reach out for more help because it's imminent it's, it's an imminent it's point. all about the imminent side of things if someone if someone says to us on the crisis lines that i'm thinking of killing myself um we go into risk assessment mode we ask you know how do you plan on dying um do you have the the means and the method we, we go really direct wow. on what's going on uh lots of folks you know we always ask those questions but Many folks aren't there, mm-hmm. so we'll just continue talking. But we'll always check and make sure they're okay. Okay, so
1: two one one is a twenty four seven phone line, the crisis line two six six help. You can yep. call or text. What if I just want resources? I'm not at the point I don't think yet where I need to go for help, but I want to learn more and figure out maybe what's going on with me.
4: Yeah, I, I'd say two one one's a good place to start. Um, community resource centers in your neighborhood sometimes have access to really good things, and there's community resource centers in every part of the city. Um, So those are places I would start. Uh, I think also, you know, everybody uses online, but I'm going to give you a website that works much better. It's called Inform Alberta. Um, And informalberta.ca, when you go on there, you can look for resources on there on your own. And it is the database that we curate uh, that can give you some support. So if you're not ready to talk... Or not ready to chat. That's a great way to look for yourself.
0: Informalberta.ca. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. we got that website, and we're also going to leave them with distresscenter.com yeah. and phone number 403-266-HELP-4357. Yep. And you can also use that as a text line. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. being a resource Always. with us this week for Mental Health Week. All
4: right. Well, thank you. And I wish you a, a joyous weekend and one with, uh, we're not going to get much sunshine, but maybe there'll still be good things. Let's hope so. There you have it. Yeah.
0: Sounds that good. Is, uh, Karen Gallagher-Burt, social worker and mental health advocate.